Hi, welcome to Harvest Church Podcast. We pray that as you listen today, you are blessed and encouraged. Thank you so much for listening in. If you want any more information about our ministry, we'd love you to jump onto our website, harvestaustralia.org. Have a great day. Fantastic. Excellent, excellent. We're going to do a few things just as you regroup. Um, I would love our Harvest men who haven't yet jumped onto our Facebook group for Kingdom Warriors. Take a minute now, get your phone out if you can. And if you're on Facebook, if you're not, we'll find other ways. And make sure you join the Kingdom Warriors Facebook group. We've got nearly 100 guys part of that now. In one week, we've got 100 guys nearly, which is fantastic. We've got guys from all over the city, even some interstaters as well. Um, and I'm getting so much good feedback from so many guys out there um, and just saying, yeah, we really need encouragement. We need motivation. We need inspiration. And, uh, and so... The next thing is please, if you haven't registered, bought a tri-booking ticket, which is free by the way, it's the best buying you can get, is free. But I've made this first launch night for Kingdom Warriors absolutely free. Uh, we're putting a lot of time and a lot of effort into it. It's going to be a phenomenal night. And um, there's dads and sons coming, uncles, no aunties, but just, you know, it's a, it's a good, good batch of guys coming along. I can tell you, God is drawing some guys from all over the city who are coming and um, God's stirring something. And so I want you to take a minute now, get out your phone, get on the link. You can, you can find it. And if you don't, if, I'm serious, grab your phone and you're allowed to just do this in church, aren't you? Sell a little bit because it's free and buy your ticket now. Uh, I think we're going to have well over 100 guys coming along and, um, and we're just going to keep building this thing and building this thing um, and we're going to all sorts of things. Steve Weatherford's got a message which is a really powerful message I might add because I have had a little sneak peek at it and, um, and we've got a whole raft of things on the night we're really going to go for and see God break through. So make sure, I want every man from Harvest to not miss out as I'm doing it mainly for us. But you know what? If we don't take the opportunity, others are already doing it. I've got pastors from other churches bringing crews coming. So we need to jump on when the opportunity's there. And um, I am going to be taking a role of who's there and who's not. Okay? Karen's going to come and just share for a couple of minutes as well. And women, it's a great opportunity to support our men. Push them out the door if you need to. Drive them here. It's going to be a really great night. God is doing something really significant. I'm excited. It's going to be amazing. I just want to share a couple of extra things before Marty shares. We have the Walk for Life coming up next Saturday, which we are honoured to support. 
Life is a blessing. We have three gorgeous children who are now nearly adults, most of them. And life is a gift. And it's our privilege in our lifetime to actually honour that in the Walk for Life. So we have free tickets available. Rob and Pam Chesterfield, give us a wave, Rob and Pam, after the service this morning. Uh, We have an incredible group going together. If you'd like to join, please see Rob and Pam and they'll have a ticket for you. But it's an amazing opportunity as a body of Christ to support the precious gift of life and to support unborn children and to support women in that journey. Um, And next Saturday is a wonderful opportunity to do that. We also want to invite you, and we've been sharing over the past few weeks, that we as a church are doing the Bible in a year. We are reading through the Bible in a year. Who has the Bible version on their app, the U version of the Bible app? Give me a wave if you know. Yes, I see lots of hands going up. Yes. Well, our staff, our pastors, our leaders, our volunteer teams, our youth ministry, kids church, all our different departments of leaders within our church are doing the Bible in a year together. And we've had many others show interest of joining in as well. If you aren't registered and you would like to do that with us, please come and see me, message me or contact me. It's a wonderful way to connect and have community during the week. There's a section where you can write little comments and message each other in there as well. But it's a great way to let our roots go deep. It's a great way to be strengthened in the Lord and to receive His promises and His truth and His strengthening on a daily basis. And it's another wonderful way of forming a daily habit that actually creates a space of intimacy with the Lord. And God does incredible things out of that. So if you would like to join us, please come and see me. It's very simple each day, but it's a wonderful way just to grow strong in the Lord. And it's such a gift and a blessing to do that together. So if you'd like to do that, come and see me after the service. Awesome. Sounds good, yeah? Give someone a high five. Awesome. Fantastic. Well, I'm going to pray. You guys can sit down. Thank you so much. Give them a round of applause. They're amazing this morning. Amazing. Well, Lord, we just thank you. We give you honour and praise this morning. And we acknowledge you. We acknowledge your presence. We acknowledge your goodness. We acknowledge your love and your mercy. And Lord, we ask that you would speak and move this morning as you already have been. And you would increase in our lives, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I want to share a little bit today um, on, well, I've just titled it Honour. Pretty simple, Honour. And um, if you ever look up Honour, you'll find all the wrong ways to spell Honour because the American spelling's there. But... um, but it's a, it's a word that we hear a lot about, we think a lot about, we, we, we all have different um, aspects of honour that we would recognise. Um, we were on holidays recently and I took with me um, a book and it's called The Way of the Samurai and I read this book basically because I like fighting and um, is that okay? Man, man, give me a grunt. That's better, that's better. Um, Anyway, so I read, read this book through while we're on holidays. I was a little bit disappointed when I got to the end of it because there's nothing about fighting in there. Because 
The way of the samurai is they pretty much spend their whole lives learning everything other than that. Of course, they craft that as well and they were known for that and they were really esteemed for that. However, there, there is about nine or ten traits that they learn for years and years and years and years and years and they have to get that absolutely perfect um, during and before they actually learn to then become incredible with swordsmanship. And so some of those things are respect, honour, quietness, meditation. All of these things we don't necessarily attribute to a mighty warrior, but they first learn to conquer the man within. They first learn to conquer the man within. And so they have to go away. They have to go and have time in solace. They have to fight some of their own demons. They have to fight with their own mind, their own doubts and fears. And so there's a whole process. And funnily enough, the writer of this, this was written uh, a couple of hundred years ago, actually. And the writer of this states that the, the way of the samurai, there's not... Um, uh, 10 steps to becoming a samurai. It's not written out like we would in the West. It's, it's uh, passed down through the generations. And so it's a verbal tradition that's passed down through the generations that they learn and they glean from one generation to another. And in our modern society, we've lost a lot of that, haven't we? Because everything has to be perfectly formatted and policies and procedures set out, and that's how we learn. But just like in the Hebrew uh, culture, there, there's verbal ways and traditions that we see in indigenous tribes all around the world. It's given, it's passed down verbally, and it's a powerful, powerful thing. And so when I think of honour, I now actually picture... Um, the, the way of the samurai and I'm picturing that and going wow they had to learn to get really low and to beat those things internally and to fight some of those things that maybe we never conquer in other aspects before they learn to become great warriors and I think that's a key for us learning to honour will mean we have to discover a lot about ourselves, our own insecurities, our own hurts, our own disappointments with other humans, maybe with God or whoever it is. And so I want to share three aspects today of honour that I'm going to bring out of the book of Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3. And really looking at the aspect of what does it look like to honour Jesus in our lives. Uh, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. We all want straight paths. We all want promotion. We all want good things in life. This sets out a pattern of obedience. Obedience leads to promotion. Obedience to Jesus leads to honour. He's probably put some things in your heart that you know, that he's just dropped in your heart, not audibly, not incredible, big writing on the wall or anything like that, but things that he's just sown gently into your heart that you know are right or wrong. And it's those things, it's that still small voice, that very gentle inkling that comes from the Holy Spirit. When we obey that, it straightens our paths. I can remember when, um, now this is 
probably 15, 16 years ago, before we were in ministry, um, we had our manufacturing business and we were doing okay. It was, it was big, it was busy and a whole lot of hap- things going on. And I remember my parents standing up here saying they're going to move on. They feel to sort of give over the reins of, of leading the church. And I remember feeling a bit weird about that. Just what does that mean? And, um, and I remember for a while, um, you know, I'd been sort of thinking, oh, what does that look like? And, you know, I didn't know whether I was called into ministry. And Karen actually was feeling it quite strong. And, um, and I was kind of, you know, had the pastor's kid syndrome. I'm like, really? Do I really want to do that? And, you know, I, uh, you can often remember all of the bad things about pastoring when you're a pastor's kid. Um, and so you, you start going through in your head, really, do I want to do that? Do I want to do that? Do I want to put up with that? Do I, okay. And so um, I was going through that for some weeks and months. And I remember then I, I went on like a three or four day water fast and we were living back at Hallett Cove, I can remember it really clearly. And I was up one night, I think everyone else was asleep. And I was just on the couch. And I just remember the simple words, I have called you. I have called you. I knew exactly what it meant. I knew exactly what was going to play out. And I didn't really even like hearing those words. <laughs> because I was enjoying flying around the world and getting pampered and being a CEO of a company and things were going well. And, you know, in, in a business realm, you get a lot of um, congratulations and glory for being the leader. In a church realm, you don't. And I knew that, okay? Now, you guys are pretty good, I must admit. We've come a whole long journey. But at that time, I knew what it meant. And obedience for me did mean listening to that voice and going, okay, okay. And I remember at the time I, I got a bit emotional because I kind of knew what that meant. I came to bed and I straight away said to Karen, I don't even know if she was awake or not, but I said, yeah, I, I, this is it. This is it. It's, it's right. And so for me, obedience meant listening to those few words. And I'm sure, if not already, Even in the coming weeks and months, if you open your heart, you're going to hear a few words from God. If you're looking for leading or guiding in your life, in your career, in relationships, in decisions, ask God for his few words. And let me tell you, begin to listen. Begin to listen for those few words and you'll be surprised at how he'll catch up on you, how he'll whisper to you. And you'll hear his whisper and you'll go, I know that was him. I don't even want that to be him necessarily. It's not always a bad thing, mind you. God will bless you in it because he wants to promote you. He wants to bring you through your own insecurities. And and, uh, Charles Spurgeon said this, Obedience to the will of God is the pathway to perpetual honour and everlasting joy. Who doesn't want perpetual honour and everlasting joy? Everyone in this room wants to be happy. Everyone in this wo- room wants, in the womb, in the room wants to be promoted and blessed and have a good life. Obedience, obedience is the key. What is God laying on your heart this morning? What is he whispering to you? Let me tell you, your first response might be hesitancy. It's probably him. Your first response might be, that's going to cost me. It's worth it. 
I want to tell you, it is so worth it. It is so worth it. Do not hesitate. Listen to the whisper. Follow the whisper. Because that whisper is the only thing you've got. It's the only thing you've got. When everything else is gone, when death comes, when, you know, when that coffin comes over me, the only thing that really matters is, did I follow the whisper? And if I followed the whisper, then I know it's well done, good and faithful servant, when I meet my maker. And obedience. Obedience is the key. The next one, I've got three aspects that I want to bring out today. I'm going to give you all three. Obedience, humility, and generosity. And I didn't necessarily want to give you three examples from our church scenario, but I feel it's actually relevant for us today because we are entering a new season as a church. We're entering a new season. Can you feel it? And I was watching these guys worshipping down here this morning. I I was thinking, this wouldn't have happened five years ago. You guys are awesome. You guys are awesome. I know the Red Bull helps a little bit. But it's sugar-free, okay? (laughs) Well, some of it. Anyway, so I'm going to give you three points. Obedience, humility, and generosity leading to honour. And all three examples I'm going to give you, because I feel it's right for us, as we close out, we've done 15 years of senior pastoring now, we close out one season, we enter a whole new season. I want to give you three examples from the beginning time of us doing that, because I just feel that that's right to do. The, ne- the second one, humility. Proverbs chapter 3, 7 to 8 says, Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Humility is a key to healing. Humility is a key to healing. Interestingly enough, ironically, you might say, when Karen and I, before we stepped into leading this church, the process was a little higgledy-piggledy. You would think as something, a, a, a father can pass a church down to a son, and this happens in some realms, but, you know, it, we were a Baptist church back then, so it's very democratic, um, and praise God for democracy. But in our scenario, it was a little curvy, and I'm not going to give you all the ugly details, but a lot of you weren't here then, so I, I need to tell you, it was a little bit hairy, okay, for us. And I remember sitting on that front row, we had a members meeting where we'd put our names forward and to, to lead the church. And Karen and I were full of faith. We we're full of fire. We're going to see God pour out in this place. And that's all we cared about. We were naive. And, um, you know, some might say just red-faced and just, yeah, God's told us this. It's going to happen. And do you know what? It didn't happen. It didn't happen for various reasons. It didn't happen. We didn't get the vote. Uh, anyway, it happened after a few uh, false starts and tries and whatnot that we, we did. And I, I'm not saying this to sort of rub salt in any wounds, but I'm saying sometimes your passion and your excitement for what God is going to do in your life is beyond the mountain. It's beyond the mountain. And I remember sitting on that front row when, when the vote was read out 
and the vote was a was a no. And you know, there were some people speaking about us, and I'm thinking, well, we're not that bad, are we? Holy smoke! I thought I was a good person. And I remember it was the most humiliating time of my life. I've never said that publicly, but actually I've never been so humiliated in my life. Sitting on the front row, knowing what God, I have called you. That's what he said to me, I have called you. And it reminded me of David. David was anointed by Samuel and then he was banished. And so we sat there, we went home and cried and licked our wounds and I don't know what we did, went and had Maccas or something. (laughs) What else do you do? (laughs) But I've, I've never been so humiliated in my life. Why would I say that in such a way? Because through brokenness, God releases something that he can't in any other situation. If you are broken today, you're in a good place. If you are feeling broken and bruised and tired and weary, then you are at the foot of the cross right now, face to face with Jesus, and he will bring breakthrough in that moment in a way he never could have any other way. And I remember, it's funny, I remember sitting there and I remember, Karen might have even turned to me anyway and said, it's still ours. (laughs) We didn't care. We didn't care. Because we knew the word of God. We knew what he told us. And it wasn't arrogance, it was brokenness because we were pretty broken. It was humility, but we also knew the word of God. We knew the whisper. We knew the whisper. If you have not heard the whisper for your life, begin to listen. Begin to listen. Fasting is a pretty good way because I'm telling you, it's, it's tedious. It's tedious, and when everyone else is eating, it's like, oh, my goodness. It's, it, we actually have a pros- procedure uh, when we're water fasting, and that is at dinner time, yeah. we'll always go to the bath. So we, we know when someone's fasting because they'll be in the bath because it's just a place of – or the sauna. Yeah, it's a place of comfort and warmth, especially if you do it in winter. Um, it's like, I just need something, so we've got a hot glass of water and we're in the bath. And, um, but God will speak to you. If you need to hear the voice of God, let me tell you, do a fast. Do a fast. And, and go to that place and ask him for his whisper. You might get more than a whisper. I only ever get whispers. But it's, it's one of those things that humility, humility brings honour. And we're now in a place 15 years later where God has brought honour because you guys are an honour to us, to us. And he's brought healing. And interestingly enough... Out of this, do not be wise in your own eyes, fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. We then, prophetically, we then stepped into ministry, Karen hit burnout. We're now living in the fruitfulness of healing and nourishment because of the brokenness and humility. And so God will use whatever you're going through right now in this very moment to bring about his glory. He will have his way. He will glorify himself through your life. Whether you like it or not, he's got your number. He's got your number. The next one is generosity. Proverbs 3, 8 to 10 says, Honour the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. 
Amazing. There's three promises really given here, and they're all really good ones in these three different segments that I've read out. The first one, that he'll make your path straight. The second one, that he'll bring health and nourishment to your body. And the third one is that your barns will be overflowing. Your vats will brim over with new wine, as in you'll have great provision. These three promises, but all of them require something. All of them require something. That's because we serve a master. We're free to serve him, but when we do serve him, these good things are released to us. And in this aspect, for Karen and I, it's something that forever since we got married, but particularly when we then, our business began to grow. And those of you will know, as your income begins to grow, so does your giving to the Lord. And it begins to cost you a little bit more. It's okay when it's $6 and $30 and $40, but our business made millions some years. And believe me, don't worry, I'm not bragging because we lost it in some years as well. But there were some years we had to sit with the accountant and they weren't Christians uh, accountants and, and, and we would be allocating our distributions and, and they'd be saying, really, Do you, are you sure you want to be giving that to the church? Are you sure you want to be donating that to you know, overseas missions or whatever it might be? And so people won't understand your spirit of generosity, but you will because you know that there's promises attached. It's not why we give. But let's not forget, there are promises attached to a generous spirit. And we look now and we go, wow, we sowed into this house for so many years, so many years. And um, like many of you have, and in the end, he ended up giving us the whole thing. And no, we don't own the building. We don't own the school. You know, rah, rah, rah. Some people get things held around the wrong way. But, uh, but from an inheritance point of view, it's because of a spirit of generosity. And God will do the same thing for you. I guarantee you, if you lock in your finances with heaven, you get heaven's blessing. If you don't lock in your finances, you're left to the wolves. You might get promoted, you might get this, you might get that, but God will provide for you if you give him your first fruits. And it's something we've always done. We've always given our best. We've always given on our gross income. And that is a big income when you're talking business income. We never skimp on him, just the net, just the minimal amount. We always give the max amount. We round it up if we can. And why do we do all that? Because we have a spirit of generosity because of who he is and what he's done for us. And because of that, we live in blessing. Because of that, we live in healing. Because of these three things, the first one, obedience, the second one, humility, and the third one, generosity, we have seen God's goodness. Doesn't mean we don't have struggles, but I want to tell you this last example on generosity, just as the worship team come up. We have, um, we have this envelope that will arrive on, on Keith's desk now. It used to be Tricia, who was our finance officer before that. And I've always been fascinated by this envelope. This envelope rocks up on, you know, in the post when Keith goes and picks the post up. And for years, I would say decades, this envelope has arrived on a weekly or fortnightly, absolutely lock-in, reliable date every single time. It'll rock up on the finance desk and it's all the, the writing over the decades has got a little wobblier. It's got a little wobblier. And to this day, 
we do not know who puts that cash in that envelope. It's a person who used to come here. I think they still title Morphavale Baptist. Am I right, Keith? Or have they changed to Harvest Church now? Yeah. So someone from long, long, long ago, they don't even know we've changed names. But I, I visualise this either old lady or old man. I think it's a lady because it's nice handwriting. But, um, <laughs> but I visualise this person and, and Karen and I have often commented it's, it's a, obviously a pension fund and they put the cash in and even the coins, the cash and the coins in this envelope and it comes into this storehouse Every single, I'm going to say week or fortnight, whenever, whenever the cycle is, and it's decades now. That's the spirit of generosity. I want you just to close your eyes and stretch out your hand. We're going to pray for that anonymous person, whoever she is, whoever he is, and we're going to pray God would pour down so much blessing upon them. Lord, we just, we know in the natural we may never meet this person, but as a church family, we bless them. We bless them. We bless them with even extension of life we bless them with a great family we bless them with joy and happiness and healing and wholeness and lord a blessing and a reward from heaven that you would even today speak to them empower them fill them with your spirit of joy wherever they are whatever they're doing right now we thank you for them and we thank you for what an amazing example they are to us and so we receive your spirit of generosity today as a house, as a church. Lead us and guide us into your ways of giving and stewarding your finances. And Lord, I thank you for every person sitting here this morning, hearing this message that you're speaking to them, that you're speaking to them, that you're chasing after them, that you want to whisper to them. You want to whisper your words of love and affirmation and all you want is them. All you want is them. All he wants is you. He doesn't really require anything because he's got everything. He just wants your heart. He just wants your heart. Will you give him your heart today? Will you listen to the whisper today? God is moving. He is moving in this place. He's moving in this place. He's moving in this place. I believe He wants to speak to some of, some of you here this morning you, who just need to respond to that whisper. There's a little gentle whisper, inkling, knowing, whatever you, however you term it. I want to encourage you, for all your worth, for all your worth, whatever it'll cost, He's worth it. He's worth it. He's worth it. Because all the stuff I explained that Karen and I went through, it's all worth it. And it's only just begun. It's only just begun. It's only just begun. I want you to stand and everyone just close your eyes. And if you want to, just lift your hands. And Frank said, no one has ever become poor by giving. No one has ever become poor by giving. Spiritually, if you give to Him this morning, we're not taking up an offering, I'm talking about your spirit to His spirit. 
If you give to Him this morning, you will not lack. You will overflow with abundance. We're just going to let the Holy Spirit begin to speak, begin to move. Some of you can just feel Him already doing something and we don't want to just move on for the sake of it. I want you just to close your eyes, lift your hands if you just want to respond to Him. Whatever He's saying, whatever He's doing, it's between you and Him. Maybe you need to give your life to Him again. Maybe you need to surrender some stuff. Maybe you need to lay down some stuff. Maybe you need to collect some stuff. Take Him at His word. Believe Him. Holy Spirit, we ask You to move in this house. We ask You to speak. Speak over us.